You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. Here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to try to do a shorter sermon. It's hard for pastors. It really is. And so um, we like to talk. And so... Uh, we've been talking about four uh, meanings of baptism. The World Council of Churches got together, all the major denominations, and they said, what do we all have in common when it comes to baptism? All these denominations, from Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, all the way down to Presbyterian, Lutherans, Methodists, all got together and said, what are the things we all believe? And there are four marks that came out of that. And so we've been going four weeks of one of those four marks. I'm going to give us a refresher today, and then we are going to be asking some questions of people who want to get baptized. There are some people who want to reaffirm their baptisms, and there are people who want to dedicate their children to the Lord. And so we have a, a day where there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, but people are making some big decisions as far as their faith journey goes. Our passage for today comes from John chapter 3, 1 through 5 primarily. And it goes like this. Jesus is sitting and talking with a religious leader, a Pharisee named Nicodemus. We know John 3.16, which is where this passage comes from, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That comes a little later, but in the beginning, it says this religious leader came at night because he was a little embarrassed to be coming to talk to Jesus because the religious leaders and Jesus did not get along. So he comes at night and he wants to ask Jesus some questions. It says, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with them. And Jesus jumps right to the chase. He says, I assure you, unless someone is born anew or born again or born from above, the word Jesus uses means all those things, and he's really using this pun. Uh, he's, he's using a play on words to kind of Talk to Nicodemus about what this is all about. He says, unless someone is born again, born from above, born anew, it's not possible for them to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asks, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and to be born, isn't it? And so Nicodemus clearly has one meaning in mind. And Jesus says, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Jesus goes on, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. We recognize this to be the cross. That everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. We're talking about baptism, as I said. There's four reasons, but before we get into those reasons, uh, I always like to talk about the why of baptism, because I think that's an important question. Scripturally, why do we get baptized? Uh, two very important reasons. Jesus was baptized, and he is our example. We are following him. And so as we follow him, we see that he was baptized. That's something that we are encouraged to do. But also Jesus commands baptism in Matthew 28. We see that Jesus says, go into all the world and baptize those uh, disciples that you're making in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Jesus gives us a command to do baptism. If I were to summarize the why of this, because it gets tricky theologically, and if you ever want to talk about it, we can. Here's my understanding of why we do baptism. Baptism cements what Jesus has already done. It is a sign, a symbol for what Jesus is doing in our life, and it really cements what Jesus is doing. And it's a catalyst for what Jesus wants to do and is going to do in our lives. Ultimately, like I said, we've been talking about what is baptism. 
my points are what we've been talking about for each of these weeks. Number one, we are dying to our old selves and ways and rising with Jesus. It is a participation in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The water is like, uh, like we're going down into the ground. It's like a grave. And we rise again as a, as a symbolic gesture of participating in what Jesus did on that Easter morning so many years ago. And so that's what the first meaning of baptism is, that we are identifying with this thing that Jesus did for us. Romans 6, we were buried together with him through baptism into his death. Do you see? With him, through baptism, into his death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too can walk in the newness of life. That's the verse we used in the first week, and this is the first meaning of baptism. And we shared this story about James Calvert, if you remember. He was a missionary. He was going to Fiji. There were cannibals there. It was dangerous. And so he was going to Fiji. Uh, he went from England. I think he went down through New Zealand and Australia. And he says to the, the captain of the ship, take us to Fiji. And the captain says, don't go. You will be killed when you get there, there had been a few other missionaries that have gone and did not return uh, during this time, the, uh, the people of the islands. As ceremony of war, if you lost, one of the things that happened was that you were consumed. And James Calvert says, do you remember? Anybody? We died before we came here. Hey, you guys do remember. I'll give you that money later that I owe you. We died before we came here. The captain says, please don't go. You're going to die. And he says, we died before we came here. This is the power of what that participation in the death and resurrection of Jesus could do. That it frees us in a way like never before to embrace walking into the dark places and being the light for Jesus. We died before we came here, really. And the symbol we use to represent that is water. The water is our symbol of participating in Jesus' death and resurrection. What's the second thing baptism means? Your sins and old self is washed away, and it no longer defines you. That's the second meaning of baptism. That is what some of you used to be, Paul says to the Corinthians. But you were washed clean. You were made holy to God, and you were made right with God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. The second meaning of baptism is that we are washed. Everything that water means... It, it, it takes on that significance in baptism. It is nourishing. It is cleansing. It washes us clean. We told the story of this man, Chris Simpson, who grew up in a good home, grew up in a good church, but had experienced some personal trauma through one of his children, and so much hatred developed in his heart just towards the world in general. He didn't know what to do with it, and he pushed it out towards his neighbors around him, people of color, people who looked different than him. He started leading these movements and parades in his community to try to gather followers because he wanted to express that hatred. Uh, he realized that his hatred was spilling out into his children. His children were being affected by it. It started making him double thinking about how he'd got to where he was. A church had a movie night he'd never been to before, but decided to take his family. And it was there that he encountered Jesus in a real way. Felt like his life was being transformed. And so he said, what do I got to do? What's my next step? I've given my heart to Jesus. What's my next step? And the pastor said, you should uh, get baptized. And so he said, okay. And he said, I want to get baptized in, my, uh, in a see-through shirt so they could see the hate on me so that people could know who I was but not who I am anymore. 
And then as his act of uh, penance, he's getting all his tattoos removed. And as we talked about, we heard, I heard it's more painful coming off than it is going on. Uh, but that's what he's doing to, to signify this new life that he has in Jesus, the cleansing uh, literally of his skin, but also of his spiritual journey. And, and the symbol we use to represent that, being washed clean, are these white robes, which the church has used for thousands of years. Actually, to be fair, the first Christians got baptized in the nude. They were naked as jaybirds. But that seems not great. But it makes sense if we're talking about being born again. You don't come in with clothes on, but I'm just saying, you get a robe now. And the symbol of the robe is this newness of life that's being washed clean. That's what, why we have these, because it symbolizes the second point, that we are washed clean through this process. Last week, third point, what does baptism mean? It means that you are sealed with the Spirit, and now you belong to the body of Christ. It's a mystery. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. But what Christians have all come together around the world and said, and throughout time, is that something about baptism, the Holy Spirit is a part of every one of us is in our life, even before we know Jesus, the Holy Spirit is pursuing us. When we know Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. But Christians throughout time and all around the world have said that something of baptism seals that Spirit in us. It, it makes the Spirit at home even more in some way. We get this sealing language all over Scripture. Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, we were all baptized by one body, one Spirit, into one body, uh, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, we were all given one spirit to drink. And then Ephesians 1 says, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit because you believed in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the down payment on our inheritance, which is our last point. The symbols we use to represent the sealing of the Spirit, the ancient Christians also used a Pokemon lunch pail. I don't know if you know that. Since, since pre-Eastern Orthodox... The first Pokemon lunch pail was, just kidding. <laughs> Symbols we use to illustrate this point during baptism, two of them, because it's sealed with the Spirit and belonging to the body of Christ. We do oil. This is milk and honey. <laughs> Forget you saw that. There's a thing called chrism. It's oil with some herbs and other oils in it. This is olive oil. And we mark, we, we mark a cross on people's foreheads. Christians have been doing this for 2,000 years. And it, it's, a, it's a symbolic gesture of the Spirit being sealed within you. And belonging to the body is communion, is belonging and participating in Jesus' death and resurrection and communing with not only Jesus but the church as well. So these are the two symbols we use. And after people get baptized, I will mark them and give them communion. The last point that all these Christians came together to discuss of what baptism means is that it is a taste of the glory divine. It is, it is a walking into the kingdom both now and in the world to come. We are getting a glimpse, a picture of what the future will hold, and it's a beautiful picture. We see a little bit of this right at the beginning. Jesus is baptized, right? This is Mark chapter 1. Heaven splits open when Jesus comes out of the water. The Spirit, like a dove, there's that Spirit being sealed somehow in this, this uh, baptism thing. Uh, the Spirit forces Jesus into the wilderness. And the first time Jesus speaks in, uh, in Mark, 
Jesus says, now's the time, here comes God's kingdom, or some of the older languages, the kingdom of God has come near. Change your hearts and lives, or repent and believe, and trust this good news, the gospel, the euangelion. So we see baptism and a taste of the kingdom connected right away in Mark's gospel, but we see it in our passage where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. I assure you, unless someone is born again or anew or from above, it is not possible to see God's kingdom. I assure you, Jesus says, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. There is a connection between what happens with the water and our walking in to this kingdom thing that Jesus is doing, this mission that Jesus is on to make all things new and to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, our home. Last story. I heard a missionary tell a story. The missionary was in Malaysia, and this young woman showed up. He was at this church, and this young woman showed up on a Sunday morning, and she stood in front of the church with her suitcase and said, I want to follow Jesus, and I want to get baptized. And then in the middle of the service, they had their baptismal font up here. She, she brought everything up to the stage, and, and she got in the water, and he said, I had no idea what this luggage was for. It, was it like a symbolic gesture of like all her stuff and, and, and she's coming empty-handed to Jesus and, every, you know, like renouncing everything? And, or is, it, is, it, is she going to set it on fire somehow? And maybe like the water's going to put it out? This, this missionary's like, I have no idea what this is. And finally afterwards, he said, why did she have luggage with her? And the pastor informed her that she told her parents she was going to become a Christian. And they said, if you are going to become a Christian, you can't live here anymore. And she said... Uh, where else can I go? Jesus has the words of life. And the kingdom is my home. And so she came with all of her earthly belongings to follow Jesus. A great picture uh, of what this baptism thing is about. Giving our hearts to Jesus and, and getting a taste of that ultimate glory, that ultimate home that Jesus has for us. And the symbol we use for that and the church has used for a couple thousand years is, hey, milk and honey, I got it. Because in the Old Testament, when Israel was heading to the promised land, it was described as the land of milk and honey. And so milk and honey have been a symbol of entering into a new land, a new home, a new place, heading and journeying towards what God has for us, that place, that home that God has for us. And so after they get out of the water, they'll come to a table and we'll give them a spoon and just the biggest amount of honey I could fit into their mouth, right? So they can experience this. That's it. Those are the four marks of baptism. Participation in the life and death resurrection of Jesus. Being washed clean. Being sealed with the Spirit and belonging to the community and anticipating and getting a taste of the glory to find. What does God want us to know, feel, do before I invite, start inviting people up? What God wants us to know is that uh, we need to live out Jesus' life and death. That in our baptism we're washed clean. That God lives in you. And you are in the body. You are in the community. And uh, we need to live out this abiding in this eternal life kingdom thing that Jesus has come to talk about. What does God want us to feel? Close to Christ. Free from sin. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Like, he wants you to feel like you belong to one another and that you are, in some sense, really in your true home as God's child. And lastly, what he wants us to do is that if you've already been baptized, he wants you to become what you are, to continue to living into these baptismal vows that you've made, 
to continue to live into the meaning of your baptism each and every day. It's not a one-time event. It happens to us, and we live out of that for the rest of our days. And if you're not baptized, to seriously consider it, which many of you have. Lastly, your homework, as always. I would love for you to personally welcome some of the folks you see today taking this step in their life because they belong to the body in a new way, right? They belong to the family of believers that it transcends time and space, not just the table, the community and beyond globally. And so take some time to welcome them. If you feel comfortable, give them a big hug, fist bump if not. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Father. Thank you for these marks. Thank you for all this stuff you do in our baptism. We don't understand it. It's a mystery of the faith, but we believe something happens in the water. That when we bring our faith that we put in you, something happens in the water and you meet us there in these elements. You meet us and you, be, you continue the good work you started. You continue the transformation that you have for us. So Father, would it be true for those of us who have been baptized? Would you help us to feel a renewed sense of that? Would you remind us of the vows we take? Would you remind us of the feelings and the experiences that we had that led us to that place? Help us so that we can continue to walk out our baptism. And we pray for these folks who are coming to participate in this this day. Would you help them to experience the things we talked about? Would you help them let it be a day a new day that helps them mark their life in a different way? Would you give them ample spirit? Would you give them a taste of your glory? We say these things in Jesus' name. Amen.